Hey guys, it's producer Ross here and welcome to the big game day preview. I'm joined by game day regulars, Thomas Seggins, David Fleischer, Liam Young and a Welshman called Harvey Davies. Um, how are you all doing? Welcome to the first edition of our game day weekly show. Um, I'm going to start off with you, David, as you are on the left of my, my screen. How you been doing during lockdown and uh, how are you feeling at the moment? Uh, don't start me on the lockdown. Um, but generally, I'm pretty good. Uh, looking forward to this and um, and looking forward to the pretend season before we're allowed back into the ground when they, when things can happen properly. At the moment, it's just games. Cool. And then, Thomas, how are you doing, my friend? Mr. Game Day himself? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Um, looking forward to football being back. It's been too long now. And then um, Liam from Crew. Liam, <laughs> how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm hoping that everything will be sorted for crew away uh, in January, but we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed on that. But generally, just looking forward to the games again. Cool. And then finally, Harvey, how are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Again, similar thoughts. Looking forward to the uh, the football being back, the new normal, whatever you want to call it. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Looking forward to the new season. Uh, looking forward to those five o'clock disappointments on a on a Saturday again. Should be good. Now, um, this is the extension of game day. As you know, we do game day on Saturdays and Tuesdays. Um, but this is the extension where it gives us to expand on our thoughts because normally we're we're rushing down and doing the interviews, and we're we haven't been able to reflect as much. You know, not, of course, we love to rant, but also it doesn't give an opportunity to really see them. There are moments in games that we, of course, haven't had a replay for, but this is an opportunity to the platform for us to chat about that. So let's get into the first section of the show. The latest news, uh, the biggest talking point this week, the biggest talking point, probably this this transfer window, is Flynn Downs. Is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Um, who would like to start off with the, him handling a transfer request? Of course, that's been reported by The Athletic. Um, who would like to start off? I, I think he'll go. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless you're Barcelona or, um, I mean, well, unless you're Barcelona, then you're not. Every, everyone's a selling club, yeah. aren't they? I mean, Liverpool can't stand in the way of people going off to Barcelona and stuff. It's and then they loan them off somewhere else and lose anyway. But so Downs will almost certainly go. It's just a question of how long. Mm. Um, I don't have a problem with Downs going. I don't have a problem with him indicating to the club, which I think is slightly less than slapping a piece of paper on the table. Yeah. Um, it's a bit more affable, friendly, and, and perfectly reasonable to say, "I'm on." Uh, uh, you know, I'd like that chance. Um, my only problem is, is with Crystal Palace, who are um, just being twats, basically. Um, what well, one point six million reported today, isn't it? Um, there. The, the thing is, what what they're trying to do. They don't want down to the first team. They'll get, they'll sign him and then f- send him off on loan. And the reason why they're doing it at such a ridiculously low level is because they think, well, he's, he's a potentially talented person. We sign him for £1.62 million and we can send him out on loan. If it works out, we've got somebody cheap. If it doesn't work out, then what have we lost Because in the grand scheme of um, Sky's billions? So it's, it, it sort of doesn't matter to them particularly. It's just as a small change. Um, it's, if, if they were put, trying to put him in straight into the first team, they'd be happy to pay more. That, that's the thing is they don't see him that way. 
So we've got to hold out for a decent amount of money because we won't be able to replace him for that sort of money. Uh, you know, it's it's as simple as that. We, we need to hold out for a decent amount of money, which is north of three million. Yeah. Thomas, um, what's your, for you, you know, bids have been rejected. What's your valuation on Downs? How much would you want definitely, for him? Definitely more than three million, yeah. It's, it was our standout last season. If, if he goes, then I know we've got others who can replace him, but... No, we haven't. Right? No, 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 I don't agree. No, no, I don't mean it like that. We, we have got players who can go in there if need be, but it's not going to be as good as what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, he's going to be a miss if he goes, definitely. Um, which is why we need, we need, yeah. we need, we need, we can't let him go from 1.6. It needs to be more than three, like you said. So, because that is that is one position we're very well stocked in. But I do agree with you, David. We haven't got someone who can replace him. No, we can't replace quality, him. But yeah. Yeah, like Harvey, what, what what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, he's he's gonna go, isn't he? I think regardless of of whether it was this summer, next summer, whatever you want to call it, he, he was gonna go based on his performances last season in the championship as well. He's he's much much better than League One. I think if you look at Crystal Palace's recruitment as well, they just signed Eze, haven't they, from QPR? We're looking at Downs, they've been linked with a few others. They're targeting kind of younger players this year. Um, Downs fits that mould. Do I blame him for wanting to go? Definitely not. It's a life-changing move. You know, he'll be earning triple the money. I know fans don't like to look at him like that, but it's reality. Um, you know, he'll be moving to an established Premier League side. Um, I think he will get a breakthrough as well into the first team. Um, but yeah, 1.6 million is taking a piss. Obviously, that's not, it's, that's not a correct valuation of him. But at the same time, at the other end of it, there's absolutely no chance we're getting seven or eight million either. What Evans wants, it's just not going to happen. Um, my guess, probably somewhere in the in the four million pound mark. I think um, four million plus add-ons would be fair. Yeah, I think I think that sounds about right. Um, in terms of the depth, we have got depth in midfield, but my issue is we haven't got depth in that kind of in the role that Downs plays. So we've got your Dobras, we've got your Almazunis, we've got your Bishops, but we haven't got someone. Like downs for me, it's it's a bit. Um, we're a bit lacking in that department, so we we definitely need someone to replace him. But obviously, it's it's not going to be like for like. He's he's been outstanding now for a season or, or so, and um, it's going to be tough to replace him. But of course, he's going to go. It's the reality. We're, we finished eleventh in League One last season, so the reality of it is, you know, as long as he he, you know, we get a decent valuation for him, he's going to go. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, Liam, you know, Deli Ali went to Tottenham from NK Dons in League One for five million. You know, I don't know how good Deli Ali was when he was at NK Dons, but you, for yourself, you, what's your valuation on Downs? And well, such an important I, think, I think it's not going to be anywhere near the eight million, but it's definitely not the piss take of one point six. It, it's <laughs> it's in that middle region, four five million, um, which would be probably the best that town can get but i think the best thing that town can hope for is if they don't get a bid this summer which would make them consider it because if they can keep hold of downs for the season and get to next summer and if all goes well and they do get promoted which is a long way off at the moment but has to be the goal then it's going to be an easier summer next season if they do, 
because then they will be able to reinvest that money if Evans decides to, um, to buy someone in and get a proper replacement for him. The concern I've got is that with the salary cap, if Downs goes, you're not going to be able to attract any sort of player of his quality. And you probably wouldn't anyway at League One, but you won't be able to get a decent uh, replacement with that salary cap now in place. Uh, for no. the wages that they are going to have to pay for this replacement, which are going to be way down on what Downs is probably being paid at the moment anyway. So, for me, they have to hope that they don't get anything. Um, I think what Leo Neal has said about Downs is committed to the cause um, for the time being um, and is aware that Town will... Um, do something if the price is right but only in that circumstance they're not just going to let him go uh, willy-nilly so I think if they can hold on to him for a year, get out of this division, then it'll be a lot easier going forward but the the other side of it is um, they're not going to be able to do a lot of business even with that money, with that salary cap now That's in place the- Sorry, that's that's the key thing is getting out this season, and we need to throw everything at it. And if that involves um, saying no to Downs, or if it involves um, perhaps being creative with the salary with the finance with the salary cap this year, I think it's worthwhile because, like, it, it, going into the future, then the salary cap is going to be so debilitating. We need to be out of it and and put that um, ridiculous nonsense behind us. Now I think, um, sorry, just quickly, I was going to say, I think Stu um, made a good point on the Kings of Anglia pod yesterday um, where he said Dizel was in a similar situation where there was bids coming in for him. Um, you know, we kept him or there was interest bids, whatever you want to call it. Um, and now further on down the line, Dizel's in a situation where he can barely get a run of games. I know they're different players and I know Downs is arguably better than Dizel, but the point mm. is, 12 months' time, Andre Dizal's out of contract and potentially is a free agent in the summer with no club. I think she made a good point in terms of the way Downs is looking at that and thinking, you know, if, if you don't take a move now, although, granted, he could have an, a, you know, a brilliant season next season as well and have more clubs interested in, it could also, you know, flip as well and, and there could be, you know, Palace might move on to different targets and he might, he might not get that move. So, for me, I think I'd love to keep him for one more season. I think that would be the best case scenario, um, but I just can't see it happening. Yeah. So, um, that is the final question for all of you. Will Flynn Downs be an Ipswich Town player before the transfer window closes? For me, no. I don't think it's got, got a month to run. I think, you, I think Palace will come in with silly bids and eventually early October with a week to go before transfer deadline, then they'll start getting actually serious and then they'll be, he'll go in that last week. Thomas? No, I think so. I think he'll have a great start to the season. You know, show what he's... We'll start where he left off and then that kind of better bids and then we'll let him go and then we won't replace him and then we'll be in a much worse position than what we were back in March because... Yeah. Yeah. I know I said earlier, but we have, we have got players to replace him, but we haven't got the quality. That's what I was trying to say before David butted in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, do you think 
we could have possibly get him back on loan. You know, that would be a good deal. You know, if we get a decent offer from Crystal Palace and then part of that would be a loan, that would be ideal because I think they've come out and said, been reported today that that will be a loan involved. They'll buy him and then loan him out straight away. But maybe they want him in the championship instead. But mm. I think we would be yeah, the issue, yeah. Uh, they would want him at a higher level than what he's currently playing at. And that would be fair for Crystal Palace, get a proper development out of him. But, I mean, what Harvey said, basically, about um, Flynn wanting to get out um, while he's hot in case of any injury that could completely or go off a boil that could completely lose uh, any interest whatsoever... I think the point is is that this summer is Flynn Downs' chance to get what he needs, but I've, um, in Ipswich's best interest, it is as much to keep him as possible, but I, I can't see it. I think if, if the money's there um, and it's been shown in the past, they'll, they'll take it, even if they can't do anything with it with, with this uh, wretched salary cap. Cool. Well, we're the ending there. Okay. The thing is, though, if, if he does stay, doesn't get the bid that or we don't get the bid that we want, he stays. He's you know he's here for another year. Is his head going to be in the right place? Because he obviously wants to go. I know he said he's committed, but that isn't always the same as you know he's, he's mm. put his transfer request in now, isn't he? Is are we going to get the same Flynn Downs as what we got last year? If if he doesn't get his move, that's the. Other. I think that. Yeah, I think that just depends on how we deal with it behind the scenes. Yeah. Because yeah. if Evans, if he's gone to Evans and said, you know, this interest is there and, I, and I'd, like, I'd like to take that chance if I can. And Evans has said up front, you know, well, this is the situation. We'll accept that bid when it, get, when it reaches a certain point. You have to recognise 1.6 is stupid for a player of your talent. But we will absolutely tell you when an acceptable bid comes in. And we follow through on that. Then I don't think Downs will be lacking in commitment because he'll recognise that in terms of the footballing situation. And if they've had a grown-up conversation and honestly, then I think that'll be fine. Um, I don't think it'll um, affect his performances because it's like looking for a new job yourself. You don't necessarily just down tools in your own one because you, you know. So I think that Downs will be fine with that as long as he's not mucked around behind the scenes. So end of there. I'm sure we're going to be chatting more about Downs in weeks to come. Will he be playing on Saturday? That is going to be the question. You know, will he be there? That that would be the big one. But we'll move on to the other saga that was happening over last week, over the weekend, even continue this week about this squad photo snub and all that jazz. Um, I, you know what? I didn't really care about this. I wasn't even bothered really reading about it. But of course, we've got to chat about it. Um, what's your guys' thoughts on that situation? You know, Dobra, El Mazzuni. And Darba, they weren't part of the team photo. They weren't even, I don't think they even got a, a squad photo as well for themselves. But who would like to start off, you know, this situation? I think for me, Dobra is the only surprising one because he played part, of, he came into the squad in the second half of last season. And, and I mean, the fans were crying out to see more of him um, in some of those absolute turgid games that that Town ended up playing before lockdown. Um, something different, a bit of excitement. So I think a lot of it is probably revolved around him because people will expect him to play a bigger part this year. Most of the other players, um, I think they are 
they haven't been anywhere near the first team. Um, so it wouldn't be a surprise. And Darby's had a good pre-season, but again, he's not been near the first team beforehand. So I don't think it is as big a surprise um, to see those players left out of it. Um, I think the biggest one is obviously people might be a little bit concerned that Dobra isn't being treated more as a first-team squad player who will make um, a bit of an impact this season. Cool. David? Uh, my thing, I, I I don't give a flying monkeys about um, who's had a photo taken and who hasn't had a photo <laughs> taken, frankly. But I did care about this because it goes back into something else, which is several players not being given squad numbers. And that's more important. Now, I know under McCarthy, then you had pretty much everybody, including the tea lady, given a squad number. You know, so, um, people you'd never heard of, number 68, because they, they'd just been taken on for the under-16s. And I'm not suggesting that, but Ndalba has had a photo taken. Because if you look at the um, town's um, first-team squad page, Ndalba's got a picture but he hasn't got a number. Hmm. So if he's part of the squad, why hasn't he got a number? And Darbo came very close to getting his debut at the end of Lambert's first season. He was part of the squad last year, and then now he's not, or is he? Because he's got a picture on the first team page, but no number. Dobro El Mazzuni have played in the first team. I would argue the same for McGavin. I know it's Colchester in the Mickey Mouse Cup, but he has still played for the first team. He's made his debut. And if you're in that ballpark, you should be treated as part of that first team because you are giving young people, I mean, part of the fabled five-point plan is for youth. And you go, well, they've got to earn their place in the side. Okay, cool. So you get into the side and then you don't get a squad number. You get into the side and you perform well and then, oh, we're not giving you a photo. But Toto gets one? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nolan gets one. How on how the flying do you end up saying you've got to prove yourself? You've got to earn your place in the side, and you don't give one to someone like Dobra who gives everything. You don't give someone like Ndaba who's got a really good preseason and is potentially a talented player. And Toto gets one. It's ludicrous. But uh, I mean, there there is a cause behind that, which I know is a later part of the conversation. So I won't mention the Scottish git. <laughs> uh, yes. Thomas, you know, what's your? What's I your say, on this? The thing, the thing for me is I, I don't know too much details because obviously I wasn't there. But for me, if I turn up to a photo, or you know, as they were saying, I haven't been given a number. Where does where where do I feel like I'm going to fit in this season? Like, where's if if I get turned up to a photo and I'm told to turn away? How am I going to feel in terms of okay? Well, I'm not part of the plans then. I, you know, I, I'm being I'm being told I've got to push for the team. I've got to make make an effort and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting told to go away, mm. getting turned away. It doesn't it doesn't it wouldn't sit right in my head. And then I think, well, you're telling me to make an effort, but you're not showing signs that I'm going to be in the team, and I'm not going to push for it. So what what's the point in making an effort if that makes sense? Yeah. Well, the the funny thing is, like the squad numbers were released before the pre-season start because, of course, even the fixtures. Yeah, yeah. So, Lambert must have knew straight away that they're not going to be part of the plans. Was he wanting to loan them out? So, that's why he didn't give him a squad number? We, we don't know, but it's just it's a weird situation. David? It, it's the same, what Thomas was saying there, it's exactly the same as Dizelle last season. Because, mm. Dizelle, um, I think, I can't remember who it was, and I've been Stu, saying, asked Lambert about why Dizelle wasn't the side, what he could do. Lambert said, You've got to sort of take your chance off the bench. 
And as it was pointed out by um, whoever it was in the East Anglian, he sat on the bench through the entirety of January, February and early part of March without getting a single minute. How are you supposed to take your chance, which is what he was told he had to do, if he's never given one? That's you know, the same and, and that's the thing. It's the same as our goalkeepers. Sorry. Uh, it, yeah. we, we gave a chance in the first team to Richard Wright. We gave a chance in the first team to Shane Supple. We gave a chance to Lewis Price. Those young goalkeepers wouldn't have got that chance if we hadn't have played them. How are we going to develop players if we're not prepared to put them into a proper game at a proper time of the season? Not some half-assed sort of 10 minutes at the end of the last game of the season when we're finishing 11th or something like that. Not the Mickey Mouse Cup where nobody gives a flying one, but actually a proper game. Whether it's coming off the bench, whether it's starting a game because there's an injury, then they've got to say... I'm holding that. That's how Downs and Wolfenden have got their place, is because they were given a chance and they said, I'm having this and can keep it. Now, you can argue that Dizel has had a chance and then not kept it. Fair play. But if you don't give a player a chance, they can never get that, get the shirt off the back of the person who's um, got it at the moment. Yeah. Harvey, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Do, do you care or do, have you been reading into this? It's one of them. I, I didn't care until I realised that last season... Dobra, I think in Darba or El Mazzuni, were in the squad photo. So <laughs> if Lambert decided last season or, you know, that was his first proper proper season, pre-season, if he said then, set a stall out and said, listen, Ipswich is a big club. If, you, if you're going to be in the team or if you're going to be within the squad, you're going to have to work for it. I would have understood it. But the fact that they've contradicted themselves massively by saying last season... No, you, you, you're good enough for the squad photo. But this season, oh, no, no, you're not. You, you've got to work for it this season. It's it's very odd. And the whole Dobra thing, and Dobra I can understand slightly because I don't think Lambert likes him particularly much mm-hmm. after something's gone on behind the scenes there. Um, but the Dobra situation is very odd. They've given him a new four-year deal. Lambert said to him, said to the press several times last season, he'd use him for next season. But then all of a sudden, he's not in the squad photo. I know he's been given a squad number, which makes it even more weird. Yeah, um, Zendalba hasn't, hasn't got a number, but has got a picture. This, this is what I'm saying. I just, I don't, it's all a little bit confusing, um, as we saw with Luke Wilfordon's tweet. Um, I just don't, I don't really understand. It seems as though Lambert has gone from the nice guy, PR Paul, whatever you want to call him, to now taking this kind of, I don't know, like a tough love approach. Um, on the squad to see if that'll work. It, he's clutching at straws, and I think some players will react well to it, some won't. Um, but yeah, I didn't have an issue with the whole squad photo thing. I didn't really care until I realised that last season was completely different. Yeah. Um, but now they seem to have, have changed it again. So I don't know. I don't know what goes on. Well, Let's go back to Dave, David's yep. point about Andre. Because mm-hmm. what you're saying about coming off the bench net, but he did the same thing to Freddie. I can't remember what game it was, but didn't he come on like the 90th minute and he said, "Give me mm. 90 minutes." Yeah. To me, it just seems like there's a degree of mind games going on from them yeah. at the moment, like since Christmas, and that can go two ways. And I think, well, unfortunately for us, it's going the wrong way because we saw what happened from November, and it's carried on. And now this, these mind games are going to carry on as long as he's here. And well, shall we? 
go to the elephant in the room and uh, talk about Paul Lambert, your overall feelings on it. Um, I'll start with you, Liam. Uh, what's your what's your feelings on Lambert? Do you want him don't out? Think changed. Don't yeah. think anything's changed. I don't think. Um, I, I just I would like to say that there's going to be a change, but I'd, there's just nothing in there that leads to any confidence. And and leaving all these kind of throughout preseason, just these little moments throughout it that the whole not really completely getting rid of the Norwood rumours, the whole um, issue of these youngsters having to try and prove themselves so the motivation is not to put them as part of the, the team. Um, just for me, it, there's just nothing. I, I'm a little bit worried that it's not going to nothing's going to happen this season. I think people are thinking, well, change of formation. He says he's got learnt from last season's old debacle of swapping this player, swapping that formation. But I mean, I just don't think overall, um, He's, he's the right man for the job to get Ipswich back to the championship. And then further on, I, I just don't see it. Just I think there's been too much. His whole PR at the beginning was great. Um, got Tried to get the club back together, and he did. He got more people back in the stadium. But um, he's completely lost a lot of his credit after the real debacle of... of post-Christmas, really, last year. Um, and I, I, I just think it's crackers that you still think that he's got four and a half years left on his contract, which is just absolutely ridiculous, to be honest. Well, David, um, I'm going to try to hold you back, but I'm sure you've got a lot to <laughs> say on this. Uh, what's your overall thoughts? Um, well, I don't want to be really negative, um, I would like to think that when he says, I've learned my mistakes and I spent those five months sitting, watching lots of videos, um, studying the entrails and I know what went wrong and I'm going to do differently. Um, do I believe that? Not even vaguely. Um, he should have gone after Christmas. It was what, four wins in 23? That's not, I mean... When he, when he was actually turning up and actually talking to anybody, because he, I mean, um, Stuart Taylor does, seems to do press conferences and there's just sort of a myriad of silence. But when he was doing stuff during the lockdown, then a lot of what he was saying then seemed to be, oh, we had a little short run. We had, a, we had an injury. We had an injury to Vincent Young, who played nine games. Chambers wasn't injured. Wolfenden wasn't injured. Downs wasn't injured. I mean, all right, little niggles which lose the occasional one here and there. Norwood may have been carrying an injury, but were we told at the time? No, we didn't know that. So, and he was still playing on. And you still had, because Sears was back and he was supposed to be a new signing for a minute a game. You know, you've got all of these things. And so he's hurling a spin when he did turn up and give give answers he's hurling spin at last season and it's not injuries it's crap the reason why is because of rotation postponing games ridiculously 
So that El Mazzuni and Dobra, who could go off on international duty, who were really influential in the first team, and Judge, who was at the time playing off the bench. So it, it's, it's complete nonsense what he's saying, and I don't believe that he's learned from it. We might end up doing three or four games where we play 4-3-3. But it'll be like Mick when he tried to play attacking football. And then it came a cropper at Reading, was it? Um, it all fell apart at Reading and then McCarthy went back to back to basics again. <clears throat> I can envisage by the end of September that we're going to have um, another change of formation. Do I think that he's going to stick with a settled side and say, you've got, you've got the place, it's yours to lose? And that's the key thing for me. It's, yes, it's about bonkers formations, but it's also about saying, if you play well, you keep your place. Donassian play, Donassian, all right, makes mistakes occasionally, but every player does. Donassian is a right back. Donassian comes into the side, does perfectly well at right back. Next game, is he there? No, because our left winger, who we don't ever play on left wing, is a right back. And if Edwards is ever allowed near right back again, then Lambert should never be allowed to manage a football club at any level again. Edwards is not a right back. He is a left winger. He keeps giving interviews saying, I really want to play at left wing. And then he's at right back. I really, really, really want to play at left wing because I play my best football at left wing. But I'll play anywhere on the pitch. But I like playing left wing. <laughs> and then where does he end up? Anywhere else except that. Yeah. And I thought at the start of pre-season, when he did turn up at left wing in two consecutive games, I thought, yes, sorted. And then he's not. And then he's somewhere else. And... That's my problem through pre-season. I haven't seen anything from Lambert to suggest that he's learned in pre-season. Yes, we've got a settled formation, but there's no suggestion that he's either buying into the five-point five plan of youth. There's no suggestion to me that he has understood the nature of having to have a formation which has got partnerships. You know, the central defence is key. So you know where people are on the pitch. So when one person steps out, the other person is there to cover. So you've got that thing, you understand a run. Same as up front. We have, um, <clears throat> who's the lad who went um, to Barnsley from Rotherham from us? Even uh, more. Yeah. yeah. He was never given a chance by Mick. He came on and he had sort of four or five minutes here. And the problem was he, he, he held the ball up well. He knocked the ball on. And I was one of the few who thought that there was a player there. But he never had the chance to build up any rapport with any of his strikers. So he was making a run. He was giving a flick on and somebody had run the other way. When you get a player coming into the side, they need to settle and they need to understand how other, t other players play. And you've got to build that up. Are you seeing any of that in pre-season? You're not. The only part of the side which seems to function is when you play Downs, Dazelle and Bishop. Because they've played at a number of different levels together because they understand each other. They understand how each other run, where they're going to be. And that's a big problem with our defence, it's disorganisation. Lambert hasn't learned, it seems to me, any of that. He should have gone at Christmas. He certainly should have gone after the um, Lincoln disaster away from home. And I really hope I can go to Lincoln again this season, even though it's painful going, but I do like, that, like it up there. But no, I have no faith, I hope, but I have no faith at all that he's going to um, change it around because I don't think he's learnt because I think he's stubborn and I think he's now hiding from the press as well. 
um, which I don't think is a good situation when once you start hiding from the press. My prediction is that um, we will hover because there's a lot of crap in this division. And I think that even if we are intensely crap, we're good enough to be in mid-table like we were last season. I think that um, we're going to be hovering around 8th or 9th and then he'll be sacked um, middle of October. It tends to be when Evan sacks people. Um, and then, I mean, um, he sacked Hurst around that point in the season and then new man comes in start in November. That's what I think is going to happen this season. So whoever new comes in in November will have, what, 35 games to be able to turn it around. Thomas Swasher, have you got faith in Lambert anymore or is it, is it gone for you? It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. To start off with, I bought into the PR bullcrap, let's say, but in my eyes it was a cover-up for his ineptness as a manager because he needed something to get us on side because he knew he wouldn't keep us up. <laughs> Probably like to believe it, but in hindsight he knew. Um, and yeah, like David was saying, I, I agree with David completely, but the fact that he's been saying we lost it in February and March with topic of January. Yeah, we're at topic January. We had a good run in January, but then before that, we've fallen away. January papered the cracks, and then February and March we fell away and we finished a length. I know it was PPG or whatever, but it's not good enough for us. Um, you know, we're, I know we're, we are a big club and teams do fall, but we should be finishing higher than that in League One. So, and yeah, the I, I don't think he's learned. Talk is cheap. Um, I want to start seeing it on the pitch, and if it doesn't see it, then I'm not going to be swayed back. I can't. I can't see him swaying me back. And hopefully, yeah, he'll be gone early. If we if we don't start well, which is a worry as well, because last year it was our brilliant start to the season that kept us, you know, made us finish as high up as what we did. So if we don't start so well, it's then a worry about where we're going to finish. Especially if he doesn't get rid of him. I don't see why he wouldn't, but. If he doesn't get rid of him, our form next season could be terrifying. And that's that's a worry for me, especially. The, the, the thing is, there is loads of managers out there who we could bring in to sort it out. I mean, there's Nigel Clough, who I would love to have here. He hasn't got a club at the moment. He'd be my ideal option to bring in if we do get rid of Lambert. And hopefully, it's, hopefully Evans does it early enough so that we've still got enough time to progress up the league. Mm-hmm. Because I, I can't see a start in that world, to be honest. But we'll see. <laughs> now, um, Harvey, I know before we, we started recording, you said you're sort of on the fence with it all. You know, why are you on the fence? Are you sort of just still sticking in there? Um, just. <laughs> just. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he's finally sticking to a formation. We heard all this talk at the start of last season or the end of last season, whatever it was, that he was going around the clubs, um, you know, the women's team, the younger teams, all these presentations about how he wants to play this 4-3-3. And then we never saw it. Um, whether that was because Caden Jackson surprised everyone in pre-season, who knows, but we didn't see it. He seems to have stuck to a formation in pre-season so far anyway. Um, again, it's been touched on how long that will last. I'm not convinced. Um, I'm not totally Lambert out yet, but I'm also not Lambert in either. I'm willing to give him a few months, um, but I think even that's generous. I mean, his, his 
win percentage rate is absolutely diabolical. Um, I know you can read a little bit into into them, but it, there's no getting away from it. It's it's dreadful. Um, you know, last season there were so many excuses, and for me, it just it just wasn't good enough. You know, there's so many Alan Judge left wing. Uh, you know, situations like that where it just he just didn't help himself. Um, you know, the rotation is is an absolutely massive one. Um, you know. Four three four two three one four three 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 five two three four three the diamond every it was honestly like watching a watching football manager it was just one thing after another he's going to have to stick to his principles stick to the four three three do I think he'll be the manager this time next season no I don't um, personally I I'd, I'd love I know um, Thomas mentioned Nigel Clough. Um, I'd love Paul Cook, but I'm a bit reluctant to hire another Paul. Um, <laughs> Good job. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just about sticking with him. But if things start, you know, if we lose against Wigan, I can see it really, really turning toxic. Even the first game of the season, I can see it turning toxic, um, especially with the situation at Wigan at the moment. Mm-hmm. Our um, record on Sky is absolutely dreadful. I go there. I just don't think um, I don't think it's set up for us um, to win that first game of the season. I really don't. So um, if we lose that, it's uh, it's it's not looking good. But I'm willing to give them a few months. We'll see what happens. I'm seeing some hands up. I feel like we're back in school now. Uh, I'll go with you, Liam. I think yeah. Um, my only thing with giving him a few months is is that we can't afford to make any mistakes this year. It's already been said about the salary cap. We can't stay in this division another season. Otherwise, it's going to be massive, massive trouble going forward. And I think we can't, I think we can't just sit back and allow him a couple of months to see how it goes and pretty much put us on the back foot in a season where we can't make that many mistakes. But, I think the main point I was going to make um, from what David said about um, Norwood, about carrying an injury and so on, is that I've only heard this summer, conveniently, that the whole reason why they were swapping the two goalkeepers was because of a, an injury to Holy's shoulder. Well, it's quite convenient that that's come out in the summer, isn't it, after... <laughs> after a whole season when they could have just said that in the first place and let everyone think that they were fighting between the two of them, which we ended up with having to have Will Norris, which was uh, a bit of a disaster. So this whole PR of making excuses, it it just seems to be very convenient that that has come out later in the piece um, to kind of give him some cover when he was highly criticised for continuing to swap his keepers. Uh, David, Tom, I don't know which one, I don't know what you're going to say. David's going to talk for ages, so I'll go first quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I was going to say about Liam's point now is Norris, I read a couple weeks ago, I remember how long ago it was, that Norris has come out and said, if you played well in training, you played. I know what we said about Holy, but that's a bit worrying, because surely if you play well in training, it's not the same as playing on the pitch. And, you, you need to get you need to get a routine in place. You need to know each other and gel. 
by rotating like he did, they didn't know each other. I remember commentary away last season is when I first started turning against him. His commentary, they knew where each other were. We just looked like a team of strangers. And that's when it started to, for me, like he doesn't know what he's doing, not really. Um, and I, I understand some of the points why he did do to an extent. For example, he panicked when we lost KVY because it was his star signing. Admittedly, yeah, it was, you know, we only had him for, I think, Davidson nine games earlier. But once he went, he didn't have that backup. We had Donashian, but he doesn't rate Donashian. If he did, he'd have played him more often. <laughs> and similarly, like, to go back to Nor- um point I made a bit a second ago, if if you if they're playing him, playing well in training, he's going to play him, according to Norris. So it doesn't, that doesn't bring, like, confidence for me. No. I don't know what others think, but it's that's a bit worrying in my eyes. I don't want to talk about Norris too much either because he's gone now. He's, he's gone now, he's gone. He, he's gone he, could go. he, he gone Burnley, he could stay there, I don't care. <laughs> All right, David. Off. the north. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's what Thomas and Liam have said. It, it's a, It's about what happens on the pitch. And, yeah, you could train brilliantly, but if your match performance is rubbish, then you lose your place. Equally, if you... Training, can I be asked? And then you you produce something fantastic on the pitch, then you keep your place. It doesn't matter what you do at Playford Road. Playford Road is irrelevant. That's, that's, That's like sort of saying, well, I've done some amazing research, but I couldn't be bothered handing my thesis in. You know, it's it's stupid. But going back as well, the the whole PR thing and his win percentage, which I think was Harvey's point, in his the relegation season where he was given a pass, and I did the same. I bought into all of that, but he had the same length of time, and he was the people say he was we were already relegated when he took over. He took over with us five points adrift, which was exactly the same position in exactly the same month that McCarthy took over. And I yes, we under McCarthy, we might have had some players who you have gone on to do greater things, but I don't think man for man, you can say that that squad should have been adrift at the bottom of the table at the end of the season. And he had a transfer window. So he got away with that, and I don't think he should be here. I think that he will be here for a couple of months, but I don't think he should be. And part of that as well, somebody mentioned Judge. And um, Judge is on my list. I don't know whether you saw on Twitter, I put up a list of who I'd get rid of. And Judge is one of those. Because he doesn't follow what you need to do in a team. Kenlock gets it in the neck from a lot of supporters. And Lambert obviously doesn't trust him either. But Kenlock gets it in the neck a lot as being a rubbish defender and concedes goals. The problem half the time is because he's got Judge in front of him and Judge is pissed off somewhere else to have a party because Judge wants to play his own game, not the game he's actually in. Unless Judge is doing what he wants to do, he's not having it. Even if he's playing in the number 10, he disappears deep. He's not there where he's supposed to be. If you put him on the left wing, he disappears and you expose your left back. The whole point of having those partnerships, you think about Horizon and Clapham, you think about if you put Tab in front of um, Kenlock, Kenlock would look 10 times the player than if he's having to mark three players because Judge is pissed off somewhere. The Judge, for me, is part of the problem. And that is the same thing as I said way back at the start of this, is the fact that if you've got to prove your worth to the team, if you're young, 
What does judge? What, why does judge get a free pass just because he's over thirty? Oh, sorry, no, it's crap management. I, I was really sorry, Thomas. <laughs> sorry, go on. No done. For the moment. <laughs> I was just going to say I was really disappointed with Judge because he's one where, although I was disappointed, obviously devastated, we got relegated. He's one where he should be tearing up that league. There's no doubt about that. His talent. There's no doubt he's talented. He should be tearing up that league. He should be nailed down that number ten role every single week, and he should be, you know, he should be tearing teams apart. But he's just completely gone off the boil. Granted, left wing isn't his position; it's not. But he's he's got to do a job for the team. And David's right; he's he's completely every time he plays, whether it's in a number ten role, whether it's on the left, whether he's pretty sure he plays on the right at some point as well. Probably no Lambert. Um, he just does his own thing. He drifts so much, and he's he comes deep all the time. He's happy to to um, to pass sideways, something which infuriates me so much. Nolan's exactly the same. They're happy to just pass it sideways, be patient, hope for the best, and it's it's not good enough. But I, I completely agree. He, he shouldn't be given a free pass, and I'd arguably have. El Mazzuni and Dobra in that number 10 position over Judge. I honestly would, because I think they bring um, more of a directness that we don't have in the team. Arguably, the only other person that brings that is Bishop. Um, I'd be happy if, if those two started over Judge, because he's, for me, he's been, he's been really, really poor, been really poor and disappointing, because I thought he was, he was going to really shine in League One. He's my fourth choice for number 10 now. He's behind El Mazzuni, Dobra, Bishop. Judges I completely agree. I'd agree. Cool. Well, let's, um, let's get right into pre-season. Of course, there's been a unique pre-season for us all. You know, normally, I'm sure all of us would have gone to at least one maybe pre-season game, maybe. Uh, we started off with Colchester, the standard Colchester game. Um, two, two, like, you know, 11s, weren't it? And we won 4-0 in the first game, won 1-0 in the other game. Aaron Dryden, Drizzy. Mark Key's favourite player. He scored twice. Um, then we played Tottenham in the beautiful stadium that we didn't get a chance to go to. But the only reason why we played Spurs is because they normally would have gone on tour. Uh, we lost 3-0 against them, of course, but they had some superstars playing their team. Then West Ham, 4-1 defeat. Um, Portman Road. And then the game last weekend against Cambridge, which uh, we don't really want to talk about. But... Um, I just want your overall thoughts on them games. I'm sure, I don't know if any of you guys have watched them. I've just seen the highlights. So I've just seen, you know, the the best bits of the game. But um, I'll start off with you, David. Um, what's your overall feelings of preseason? Do you do you just treat preseason as more just fitness and just getting your formations right and all that? Broadly speaking, I very rarely go to a preseason game. Pretty much okay. the only preseason games I'll go to are um, um, testimonials. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you're Willness or someone like that, then he's been a servant and I'll, I'll go to that. But generally, I'm not that interested. You go at 17,000 substitutions and nobody can be bothered to tackle. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not really that asked. Equally, result wise, you know, you can have a fantastic pre season against Braintree and um, Kings Lynn. And then when it comes against the real side, then it all falls apart. Equally, you can play Tottenham and Spurs and. <clears throat> some Spanish team, and um, it looks terrible, but then you, you do well. So I'm not bothered about that. What I am bothered about is 
two two parts of it. One is, and I've already mentioned, so I won't say it again particularly, is patterns of play and formations within that and developing partnerships. I would want to see that he's certainly by the end, not as much culture, so by the end, for the first sort of 60 minutes, you've got, I don't know, Chambers and Wolfen playing. You've got these three in midfield and then these three come on for the second half. So you've got partnerships building up across the side, and I don't see that. And the Cambridge game, by all accounts, then it was um, the passing out from the back thing because, oh, look, there's a big man up the top. Let's, let, let's hump it forward for him. Because obviously, if you've got somebody tall, the only thing you can do is head it. And the only way, way you can get it to a head, head is by kicking it long from the back. There's no other way in football of reaching a tall man's head. Um, you can't take, do it from the wing. You can't do anything like that. And tall men aren't anything good at things like holding the ball up with the back to the goal. Murphy, of course, famously, the only thing he could do was head. So the Cambridge game was really, really concerning to me. The fact that Hawkins is potentially an asset, but not if the other nine, ten players are idiots. And I'm not convinced that... Um, we're not going to bring Hawkins on and just hump the ball forward. Yeah, that that worries me. Cool. Thomas, what's your what's your overall feelings over preseason? Do you normally are bothered by it? Are you happy just not really for it's, minutes? It's, yeah, just for fitness, just to get every you know team settled down, look at your players, see what you want to do, what formation you want to play. Um, preseason doesn't bother me to be honest. Um, it's we were going to lose against Tottenham, we were going to lose against West Ham possibly. Um, I can't really say too much about Cambridge because I wasn't in the county. I was, I was in York, say, or Yorkshire. So I didn't really follow it too much, but losing to Chelmsford, really, uh, Cambridge isn't the best thing. But like I say, it's friendly, so it could go. It's, I think Saturday's more important than last Saturday, in my eyes, and possibly next Tuesday as well. It depends if he's, if he's going to use the next two games to get a settled team down now. He knows what, what team he wants to play. Go from there, then these two are more important than past games that we've had. The most concerning thing, though, is is like against West Ham and the individual errors that happened, like Chambers giving it away and then West Ham capitalising on it. If that happens in... I know that West Ham are you know, arguably better players, but if that carries on into the league, then we're screwed. Yeah. And in my opinion, great captain, say what you like about him, his days as a player done, Chambers. Um, I don't see... But we, we need a we need another centre back to replace him. He's no one's come up and taken that from him, but he, he needs to he needs to be dropped now. I think, I think it's time that he wasn't in. Well, he, he shouldn't be a mainstay in the eleven anyway, in my opinion. Okay, we'll uh, the preseason have proved that for me. Well, uh, we'll get into our team selections later, but um, Liam Harvey, what's your feelings on preseason overall? It's nothing more than a. Uh preparation for the season I don't think um, I mean West Ham if there were fans in the ground you'd probably only get 10,000 at most if you did a cheap enough deal for it like a fiver ticket or something um, but most people are not really that interested in it it's it's they're not they're not games um, where you're going along and the result means anything um, they're all about preparation. Um, as David has said, that you, you could have an absolutely storming pre-season and 
Town could have beaten Tottenham, could have beaten West Ham, and we'd be all going, wow, they've beaten two Premier League sides, and then start the season and have an absolute shitter at the beginning. So it it doesn't mean anything, really. Um, it is worrying, though, that, that result against Cambridge. But for me, it's not the result. It For me, um, I didn't see the game, but having um, seen one tweet by uh, Andy, um, Andy Warren, I think that's the most concerning, which was his um, tweet for his match report, which was um, first half, not a lot, and then second half, even less, uh, with um, sharpness in the final third. And and that, for me, is more worrying because that's exactly what last season was all about. We were not sharp in the final third. We, cre- we created chances but didn't take a lot of them. And in some games, we created nothing. Uh, and that, for me, if that's going to be the same pattern going forward in the season, then we're not going to get any better than where we finished last season. I saw um, your hand go up, David, quickly, so I'll go to you. Um, that, I, I then thought I'll, I'll say it later on, but it's to do with that midfield, like Liam was saying, about getting balls forward and things. And that second half thing, I, I think it was Andy again tweeted about, the, or, or said on Kings of Anglia perhaps, about the slowness of it. And I think that that's a really concerning thing about the Cambridge game as well, from what I've read is the way in which if we're playing people like Nolan, Scoos and things, the default position is not to look forward, it's to look sideways and be, and it just everything slows down. Um, but that, that really comes under team selection. Well, I, I've, I've got so many comments about people like Nolan. I'm um, just going to get, fill in my coffee cup. Okay. We're gonna, so Harvey, just to round up your overall pre-season, it, are you the same? Is it just for fitness and all that jazz? And have, do you really look into it? Yeah, I'm not. Um, I don't really look at the results to be honest it is about um, patterns of play getting kind of uh, combinations working and stuff like that my issue is we've we've kind of gone back now to this ridiculous style of play where the centre-backs are splitting Um, we did it for a few months last season it didn't work then Luke Chambers so to Enciala they're not ball-playing centre-backs. James Wilson, he's not a ball-playing centre-back. Why are we doing it? I don't understand it. The only defender we've got, centre-back, who's good on the ball is Luke Wolfenden. The others, you can't ask a 35-year-old Luke Chambers to all of a sudden become a Rio Ferdinand. A footballer. <laughs> you, you, just, you just can't, you can't do it. It's, it's not going to happen. I think David made a point where all we're doing is, is, is lumping it up to, to Hawkins. And there's more, there's different ways you can be direct. You know, you can spread the ball out wide. You can whip crosses into the box. You know, it doesn't have to just be from Chambers to Hawkins, from Enciala to Hawkins. For me, I would completely scrap the the obsessiveness of, of playing playing out from the back. We're Ipswich Town. We, we finished 11th in League One last, last year for a reason. We're not a ball playing team. We could be if we got the if we got the personnel in, but we haven't. We've got a thirty-five year old who's making regular mistakes with the ball. We've got James Wilson, who, as much as I, I like him, and I, I am actually a big fan of James Wilson. He, he he's he's a shit out of a set of a centre back. You know, he gets the ball and 
he plays it direct. We haven't got the, the players to play out from the back. We just haven't got it. So, although I would I would revert to a more direct style of football, there's different ways you can go around that. As I said, you can, you can play out wide. You can. There's different ways of doing it. I would I would stop the split in the centre backs and this obsessiveness that Lambert seems to have again now with with giving it to rolling it out to Chambers, rolling it out to Enciala. It doesn't work and it won't work while we've got them in the team. It's just not going to happen. Tom, go ahead. So the thing with lumping it forward that happened against Cambridge, might as well just stay with Mick. Because it's basically the same. Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. I mean, Mick, Mick was, you know, Mick was very, very direct. My, my kind of, my thought process is there's there's different ways you can do that. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I know what you mean. The, the, I'm just going back to David's point as well, though, how, you know, we're, we're lumping it forward to Hawkins, who's tall. It's basically what we're doing under Mick. So we've, we've gone back to how it was before we brought Hurst in to change it. And now we're back to where we were before, possibly. Mm. You know Go, David. Is, with McCarthy, though, McCarthy, my problem with McCarthy was he was too defence-minded. It was, yeah. first of all, don't lose. It's the direct bit I have no problem with. You can take, you can put in somebody. I mean, um, the Cowleys are alleged to be quite direct, but you can if you're organised at the back, which we're not, and we desperately need a dedicated defensive coach at the club. You know, a Don Howe to come in and sort that lot out. But you can be direct, which means you're getting the ball forward quickly to create scoring chances. It does. It, I'd much rather see the ball going forward quickly in an organised way to the yeah, weakness, to point. whoever, and create scoring chances if you're organised at the back. Rather than seeing it fannied around across midfield, backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, and, oh, look, they've misplaced a pass and the ball's in the back of our net. <laughs> McCarthy's problem was the fact that it was defence first, not that his directness. That wasn't my problem with McCarthy. It was the defence first thing. The problem, the problem with a lot of people's direct, the idea of direct is that they mistake what you know John Beck used to do just hump it forward and it, that's not necessarily direct football that's just long ball which is what we were doing allegedly against Cambridge with with Hawkins just humping it forward which isn't going to go anywhere cool. well we're ended there we'll um I thought about you know what we're team selections we're also combined the signings so far uh, we've made three signings Ollie Hawkins David Cornell and Stephen Ward, I forgot about that. Um, they're the three signings. So, are they all start in your starting eleven, or and your verdicts of them signing so far? Do you think we'll make more? Uh, I'll start off. Who would like to start first? I'll go. I don't mind. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Ward. Um, I was underwhelmed at the time, um, but I'm actually quite pleased with it now. Uh, he's not your typical sexy signing, whatever you want to call it. He's, he's not one of them. But I think he offers a lot more solidity at left-back than Luke Garbutt did. Luke Garbutt was horrendous defensively. There's no doubt about that. So he offers a bit more protection at left-back. Um, Cornell, uh, it's difficult to judge him as of yet. Obviously, he had that howler against Spurs. Seems as though he was a decent, he's a decent keeper at Northampton last season. He was on the verge of getting a call up to Wales as well, the Wales team. Um, I'm pleased with that. So I think, I think the, there was a lot of discussion about goalkeepers and whether we needed to bring in a goalkeeper or whether the budget was better spent elsewhere. For me, I, 
I think we needed to bring in a goalkeeper. Um, Harry Wright, I like. Um, Bruce Beck, I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. Um, I like him as well. But the fact they've barely got a senior appearance between them, um, Holy needs some more competition. And for me, listen, Will Norris made some horrendous errors last season. But for me, Holy got off lightly compared to Norris. There was occasions last season where I think Holy could have done a lot better. And the, the last Ipswich game I saw against Blackpool away, where he just completely was in, in the clouds coming for the cross. This is a guy who's six foot nine, should be demanding his penalty area, and he's not. So for me, we needed a goalkeeper. I'm happy with Cornell. Um, and I would start him on the first game of the season, personally. Okay. But that's, that's another discussion. Um, and Hawkins, yeah, I, I was happy with Hawkins. I would have preferred Clark Harris, but I think he went for 1.4 million in the end, didn't he? so that was never, ever going to happen. It's just it was not going to happen. Um, so as a second option, I'm happy with him. Um, we haven't had that kind of striker since Daryl Murphy, arguably. Um, someone who can give us a different option at the top of the field, can play centre-back as well, ridiculously. Um, so, bearing in mind, you know, the, the, the fact we're going to be going for free agents predominantly. I don't think they're bad signings. Um, I don't necessarily think they'll get us promoted, but um, I'm, I'm okay. I'm I'm, I'm all right with him. All right, and David, um, your verdict of the free signing so far? Um, content, but slightly on the underwhelmed side of content. Um, I would have liked Garbutt, but not a left-back. Um, there should have been something in his contract if we did sign Garbutt to say he wasn't allowed anywhere near left-back. Um, he was fantastic as a left-winger, but rubbish at left-back. I think that Ward is a step up and... He brings an experience into the side, so I'm quite content with Ward, even if he's 35. Collins, I thought, was good when we signed him on loan. You know, age isn't a problem, particularly on that side of things. Um, Hawkins, again, it, it, my problem with six-foot-six-inch strikers is the Nikola Zigic problem, in the fact that you bring them on for the last 10 minutes and hump the ball forward and, and hope something comes off. Um, and that's what worries me about the Cambridge thing, is that seemed to be what was happening. If we use him to hold the ball up and bring others into into play and we use the wings to get the ball to his head and the knockdowns into inside forwards cutting in, then he can be a really good asset. Um, so I'm, I'm quite content with that. Cornell, um, I sort of alluded to it earlier. I just don't see the point, um, frankly. It, I don't see... Yes, Presbeck and Hawkin and Wright have got what, one appearance in the first team between them. Presbeck played in the under twenty in a Carabao, not Carabao Cup, the other one. Mickey Mouse the trophy. The, the trophy, the, the Mickey Mouse one. Um, <laughs> but how are you going to give them? How are they going to get the games if you don't ever give them that chance? And we gave the chance to Supple. We gave the chance to Wright. We gave the chance to Lewis Price. And at some point, they've got to be given a chance because otherwise they're going to be 30 and not have a game and go, oh, well, they've never played a game. They can't be that good. So I would have put them on the bench. Holy for me, yeah, he can improve, but he's a good keeper at this level. Whether he's a championship keeper, um, you'd have to see later on, but at this level, I think he's a decent enough keeper. Um, Holy for me is number one, clearly. Cornell, waste of money. He might be a lovely bloke. I'm sure he is. But for me, I don't see why. There are other places we needed to strengthen. 
Yeah. I, I saw you put your hand up, Harvey. Did you want to say yeah, something? Yeah, David said. I'm just going to say with with Holy, I I do think Holy's a good goalkeeper. My my issue with Holy is the fact that he's six foot nine and struggles to command his area. I think that's that's the issue for me. Yeah, um, I agree with you. There's there's no there's no doubt there's a goalkeeper in there, and I think Jimmy Walker alluded to the fact that I think this well he's since signing at Ipswich was the first time he he'd had a proper goalkeeping coach. So um, I wouldn't be disappointed if Holy started the season. My point was that I think because of the kind of cult figure he is at the club, I think he he tended to get away last season with a few more blunders. Um, just just quickly on Hawkins as well. My issue with that is, um, I know David referred to the fact that six foot six holding the ball up and things like that. To get the best out of him, we need midfield that are going to be on second balls, that are going to be around him. And yeah. we historically just haven't had that for the last few years. Um, so unless we, we you know, dramatically change our style of play and we've got Bishop um, there, we've got Hughes there, box to box, you know, on the second balls, He's going to end up like Jackson in a 4-3-3 or like potentially Norwood in a 4-3-3, isolated. Every single Ipswich striker in the last few seasons who's played on his own at front has been isolated because we simply don't have the support from midfield to get the best out of them. So I like the Hawkins signing, but um, we need to have the support there for him to get the best out of him. Otherwise, he could be seven foot eight we're not going to get the best out of him it's as simple as that um so tom what's your thoughts on the the signing so far uh my thoughts on ward have already been said i think it's going to be a solid signing um hawkins already been said basically it's the cornell one that gets me the most because i agree with david why couldn't we we've done it in the past we had right supple price we all used them in the past what's the difference now you know it's um They've got to be played at some point to give them a chance, if need be. Um, uh, I'm going to say Cornell, good, good goalkeeper, do rate him, but at the same time, I don't think we needed him. It's, we've got two good, decent young goalkeepers there who could come into come into place if need be. But I'm going to go back to Harvey's point about Holy. Um, beginning of last season, how many clean sheets did he have? Five, six. His confidence is shot because of all the rotation. Yeah. That's that's why he can't command his area because he's he, what's the point if he thinks oh I might not play next game. Apparently he's been injured as well, so <laughs> he's been injured as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. He's I, definitely I a top player. He's on he's our number one for me. If you if he starts against Wigan and we start well, I think you'll get to see that keeper that we saw beginning of last season and not the one that was at Blackpool away. Mm. That's my opinion, mate. Yeah. I hope we do. I hope yeah. we do. Well, Liam. Let's finish it off then. Your verdict of the, the signings. Anything well, else you want to add? Just exactly the same as what the others have said. Um, for me, Holy's number one going into the season. Cornell can challenge him. He's there. He's here now. It is what it is. Can't do anything about it now. Signed him. So um, if he turns out to be a really good goalkeeper and real puts real pressure on Holy, then potentially a good thing, but I'm hoping that that's not an excuse for Lambert to do the rotation again, uh, and and suddenly he's got in his head, he doesn't know who his number one is all of a sudden, and we're seeing different goalkeepers each week. 
Um, but for me overall, Ward is the only one that would start for me on the opening day. Um, the other two, to begin with, are squad players. Um, Hawkins doesn't get above um, Norwood up front. Um, but just just the point that uh, Harvey made about um, having a big striker and the fact that they could become isolated if we don't have a midfield to kind of match that to get second balls. I mean, in terms of my team, I would be quite bold going into the start of the season. I would have Downs playing if he stays and then have Bishop and Dizelle in there because I think all three of them have, have come up together. And I think in the times that I've seen um, at least two of them play together, there's a bit of chemistry there. Um, I, I'm like David, I'm not going to say a lot about Nolan. Um, he shouldn't be near the team for me. But um, but the pro- I don't get this, this kind of obsession with having to have too much experience in there. Yes, we need experience in the squad overall, but why do we need Scoose playing if we've got, say, Chambers and Ward at the back who can give more experience uh, in the team, we could then go for a more dynamic, younger, uh, hungrier midfield, um, which would then see us, uh, hopefully, be a bit more fluent. That's my feelings on it. Well, um, continue with your... We'll go to the team selection. We'll continue with you, Liam. You know, give me your, your first 11 then for the first game. Well, it would definitely be holy in goal. Um, I mean... Um, Vincent Young, if he's fit, but it would have to be Danassian otherwise. Um, I'm not a big fan of Chambers, um, and I think, and I've voiced that a few times, um, but the fact that there is no alternative at the moment, unless they do bring someone else in, um, then it's got to be him and Wolfenden with Ward out on the left. The midfield is what I said, Downs, Bishop and Dizelle, I think that would be exciting. Um, and then if you go, if, if they're going to stick to the three, which I'm sure they will to begin with, then Norwood is going to be the man through the middle. And then it's a tough one. Uh, Lancaster will play um, on the, the left side. Um, it's a tough one then on the other side to decide whether you go for Edwards or, or Sears. Um, but if Edwards isn't fit, then obviously that question is answered. It would be it'd be Sears for me. Cool. Well, um, we'll go over to you, David. What's your 11? Any changes from Liam's? Um, remarkably similar, actually. Um, okay. Holy is first choice, um, very clearly for me. And I'm assuming that um, all the random niggles and... Um, tweaks and other such things aren't there um so vincent young plays right back um Danassi and i'm quite happy with him as a as an understudy anyway but um and the forgotten man if if both of those are injured then cotter i would have him as a third choice i, I still think that there's a player in there i think he's been treated abominably by the club so he's my third choice right back um center back I, chambers i agree that chambers is on his way down um, but I would still start with him because I think that Wilson, while he does the simple things well, um, 
and he's decent professional in many ways. I I think that having chamber, you can't you either take the captaincy off Chambers and give it to somebody else and say you're now a squad player, or you play him. Um, you can't have a captain who you don't play. It, it's as simple as that for me. And, and Chambers, I think, is still better than Wilson. Um, what I would be doing through the season is putting Ndaba in as often as I can to challenge Chambers. Because Chambers is playing on the left. He's a right-sided defender. I would, in those games, you think, yep, yeah, we'll, we'll throw in here, put Ndaba in. If, if Chambers has got a knock... If Chambers has got suspension and Darba comes in, not Wilson and Darba, because he Darba in preseason has done enough to, for me to show that he deserves to get the chance. And I don't give a monkey's what he does at Playford Road. So Darba is my first choice, go-to second choice if you like. Um, so Chambers, Wolfenden, Ward at left back, um, Kenlock my second choice. Midfield, exactly what you would do. And it's the same thing. You've pr- I mean, you've seen it before in the first team with um, Downs and Dezel have played well together. You've seen it um, in pre-season where Downs, Dezel, Bishop have played really well together. So if you've started to demonstrate you've got an understanding, you keep your place. Simple. Downs, Dezel, Bishop from midfield. Um, left wing, Edwards, because Edwards is a left winger. He may have mentioned it. I may have mentioned it. So put him on the left. Right wing, I'm putting Lancaster in, Norwood at centre forward. Um, I wouldn't be considering Jackson unless you've got an injury problem at centre forward either. He, for me, is really good as an inside forward, cutting in off the right. He creates chances, he gets balls into the box, he pulls across like that. So my second choice there behind behind Lancaster would be Jackson with Hawkins understudying Norwood. Um, and for me, um, Judge, Nolan, Enciala, Drennan and Falami can all piss off because they're never going to make a grade here. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just part of the bloated squad. We need to slim it down, and they're, they're a waste of space. Fair enough. Uh, Thomas, what's your 11? Is it similar, or is there any other changes you'll do? Yeah, it's, I think it's the same as David's. It's, it's quite, Edward's on the left. That's where he wants to play. You know, Next on the right, Norwood up front. Uh, Hawkins as his understudy. And then obviously Jackson on the bench as well to come on if need be. Got the free excited midfield that you've both alluded to. It's just the chambers, but there's... I, 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 the the prone to errors worries me this season. I, I don't we haven't really got anyone to really fit in at the moment. We I know there's Wilson, but like David said, he was kind of and there's Endarba as well who could come up. But um, I don't know. It, it, that's the only thing that's worrying me in terms of like at the back. Scott Wolfenden there as long as he's his head's in the game after all the Instagram stuff, but. I see David's got his hand up. <laughs> I was going to say, the, the, the mistake thing is been going back years now. Yeah. How often McCarthy say, if we just cut out the stupid mistakes and the stupid mistakes, and it's always stupid mistakes at the back. And, I mean, it, we were talking about it the other evening. Berra started making stupid mistakes when Nudson came into the side because Nudson's positioning was terrible and pulled Berra out of the side. Um Chambers got blamed for a lot of those when he didn't cut things out, but this original problem started on the, the Nudson side. The Chambers mistake, and I'm not going um, to sort of excuse him in the pre-season, wasn't that Nolan put him under that pressure with a stupid path back to him in the first place? And Nolan is a huge part of the problem in there. Skews gets the blame because he slows stuff down and goes sideways. 
relegation season, Skews had more forward passes than any other of our midfielders, which, I mean, that in itself is quite shocking, um, rather than a credit to Skews. But Nolan putting people under pressure from midfield, that causes a lot of our problems as well. So rather than just say, and I think that Chambers is limited and he is declining and he's playing on the wrong side of the defence. But I think that still as a captain, he gets my nod just still at the moment. Okay, no, no. I just going to say that you say that, but if in doubt, put it out. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely, which Wilson does. Yeah, but Chambers doesn't. He just panies around with it, like Sunderland last year. That's, it, there's too many of those mistakes for my liking, and it, which, it, is why it I, which is why I want a proper defensive coach. I know, yeah, but it's it's, it's definitely worrying. That's that's my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was that agree? Is it, yeah, or is that a position that you think we? Yeah. We should be looking at to sign another defender now. Will that happen? It won't happen. Um, won't happen no. <laughs> should we do so? I mean, if we got in on loan, someone like, you know, because he, he was on loan in this division last season, Harry Souter from um, Stoke, big, uncompromising, heads absolutely everything out. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Chambers loses his place. In terms of what we've got, I don't think we're going to sign anybody. In terms of what we've got then Chambers, for me, is better than Wilson overall. And I would like to see a gradual easing in of Andaba across the season. That's what I would give him his chance in a proper game somewhere and see what he does. If he, if he rises to the challenge, then Chambers has got a fight in his hand. OK, Harvey, well, let's round up the team selections. Any change for you? You've, you've mentioned Cornell is your number one. Is there any other... Positions and players who, who who have not been said that you want to start. Is your midfield the same as well? Yeah. So I like I said I would. Maybe it's a bold choice. Who knows? And it might come back to bite me. But I would start with Cornell. Um, I start the season with him. Um, right back if he's fit. Vincent Young's obviously a shoe in. If not, I'm more than happy with Danassian as as a as a second choice right back. Um, I think he's been treated unfairly by Lambert. Lambert clearly doesn't doesn't rate him. He said when he came in, he's a centre back, and then plays him obviously right back, which I think is his position. Um, he's never going to be a Vincent Young, but you know he's solid enough. Uh, centre backs, Wolfenden, and just about I, I would stick with Chambers. Um, again, I, I'm a fan of Wilson, uncompromising. He's, he's not one who's going to bring the ball out from the back, but He'll do the simple things well. Uh, left back Ward, um, Kenlock's a, a strange one. Three or four managers now have have not rated him. Um, I think there's definitely a player there, but it remains to be seen whether he can make it. Um, midfield three, hundred percent. Dazelle, Downs, Bishop. Um, I'm intrigued to see Dazelle in, in a more withdrawn role. He's, I think we've been crying out for him to play that role for. A season or two now, he plays it with England, that kind of n- number four role, screening the in front of the back four. He plays it with England every time he's, he's, he's on international duty and by all means he does it quite well. It's different, obviously different intensity in League One, I get that. But I think he'd make a really good holder midfielder with uh, Downs, a kind of box-to-box midfielder and, and Bishop a little bit more advanced. Um, I think that's easily a, a midfield that should be at the top end of League One without shadow of a doubt. Um, up front, 
Uh, obviously, as long as they're all fit, I'd go with uh, Edwards on the left, Lancaster on the right, and um, Nord at front. I think Nord's best form has been in a four-three-three um, mm-hmm. with Tramir, so I'm happy with with Nord as as that central striker. But again, it goes back to the fact that he needs support. Um, Norwood's the kind of player that gets frustrated so easily if he doesn't get that support. Um, so I would definitely start with him. And I think Jackson and Hawkins are good options off the bench. Um, Jackson, for a few seasons now, I've, I've really liked the idea of seeing him in a, in a, not a natural winger, but a wide forward role. Yeah. I think he could be really good. I think he'd bring a lot to the team in that role. Um, I can see why Lambert sticks to, to playing him as a striker. Um, mainly because League One centre backs are so slow, so they can just use his pace against him. But I think he could offer a lot in that position. Um, so I'd be happy to see him on the wing. But you have to start with Norwood for me. Um, I think he's, you know, when he's fully fit, uh, he's he's a twenty goal a season striker, definitely. I saw your hand go up there, Liam. What do you want to add? Just, just, just a quick one on on. The whole Chambers thing. I'm less concerned about what happened against West Ham. Because at the end of the day, Lambert wants them to play out from the back. He's doing something that he's not comfortable doing. It's inexcusable, the mistake, but it's in a pre-season game. And I think in a league game, he probably would have belted that. And then given Nolan absolute pelters for giving him an absolute ridiculous hospital pass. But um, I'm, I'm... less bothered about that that I'm more bothered about his mistake against Sunderland last year and just mainly observation overall he gets caught under the ball far too much he, he doesn't get his um, get his positioning right when high balls come towards the back four and there are a lot of times where he's had to turn tail to chase after a ball that he's misjudged and a few times he, he gets away with quite a few but then there are the times where he doesn't and it usually ends up with, with us conceding. And, and for me, that, that is my, my worry. I just don't think he's, he's that solid, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw a few other hands there. David, have you got that sign else to add? It, well, I, always, I don't think that Chambers has ever been that huge sort of presence. I mean, I know he's a bit shouter and all of those things. But he's never been one of those players who you can say commands the defence in that way, you know, because of his size or because of his presence in some way. Also, I think there's an issue with Chambers currently playing on the on the left. I think yeah. that um, he is prone to sometimes getting caught, particularly for pace and things. But playing on the left, he has to bring because he's so one-footed. He has to bring it bring it over onto the other side, and I think that's an issue because Chambers and Wolfenden both right-footed. You've got one player out of position, um, which is an issue when you've got somebody who's thirty-five coming to the end of the career and they're having to navigate lack of pace and being on the wrong foot. And I, I think that that that's part of the problem. Uh, Harvey, I think I saw your hand up as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, but. Uh, uh... With this, obviously, with a obsessive passing style of play that Lambert wants to to do from the back. I, again, I think Liam made a really good point. In, in a in a league game, I don't think he would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't we can't expect him to 
to all of a sudden become this ball playing centre back. I know I mentioned it before. We just we can't do it. It's it's not it's not his game, and it never will be. It never was his game. Um, but I think I, the reason I just about kind of stick with him for the time being is the fact of um, I know it's such a cliche, but we haven't we haven't got barely any leaders in that team. We've brought in Ward to take the burden off Chambers, possibly um, as well. So that's the reason I'd, I'd just about stick with him. Um, but we can't ask him to to start all of a sudden becoming a ball playing centre back. You know, passing out from you know passing out from the back, looking into dropping balls into midfield. It's it's, it's not his game. Um, so for the time being, I'd stick with him. But um, I'm with David on on a Darba. I, I really really rate him. Um, there was some something that came out last week. I think they mentioned it on the Kings of Anglia pod that we'd had a bid rejected or something like that, or something had fallen through for a left-sided defender. For me, we've already got a left-sided defender in the building. He just needs yeah. a game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looked so, so composed. I get it's completely different intensity in League One when you've got you know, players running at you 24-7. It's a bit more passive in pre-season, but he's, he's a real, real talent. And if he gets a decent run of games, um, I think he he could um, he could be a permanent fixture in the team. A left left sided for me is really really important when you've got a defence. I think it's so important to have a left sided defender. Um, otherwise, you, you are going to have the Chambers scenario where he's so one one footed and it's just going to be constantly making mistakes. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely use Indarber into the team because. I don't think we need to go and sign a centre back because I think we've already got one in the building. That's just yeah. my opinion. All right, Dave, finish it off. Um, I'm just agreeing with Harvey that Ndaba's got that, and I also think that he's one of those players. And I don't know him; I've not seen him in training, obviously. But he strikes me as one of those players who, if you put him into the first team, he's going to really thrive and step up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he if he's not given the chance, if he's sitting in the reserves or he's st- sitting at Playford Road, then you know he's got a sort of a diffident attitude, perhaps. But you put him in the first team, he's going to really thrive off that. And I think that if you put him in, I mean, not necessarily Wigan, but say Wigan, you just held him in there, I think he'd rise to that. He just strikes me as that sort of person. Big game player. That's that's my impression. Cool. I well, think it takes it quick, just, just before we are, I think it just takes us back full circle as well to the whole lack of confidence in Lambert in the fact that after that game, he basically said, well, Chambers knows what he did wrong. He won't do it again. And Toto's uh, fantastic. giving him that, that, that kind of, yeah, um, he's had his warning, that's it. He won't do it again. But there he is criticising his best defender that he hasn't played in that game. Um, and for me, that just outlines a lack of confidence in Lambert just for the fact that He's he's giving Chambers a free run, but gets, seems to be giving Wolfenden a bit of a a hard time when he has to be the first choice centre half out of anybody in that squad. Yep. Cool. Well, we've spoken about a lot of things during this this show. Um, we're now going to round it up basically to get your predictions for the season ahead. I know it's the the first game of the season. We've of course we've got to play two cup games first. We've got the Carapal Cup game against Bristol Rovers at home. Then we've got the EFL Trophy game against Arsenal, one of 21s. But, you know, for yourselves, are, are you caring much about Cups? Do you think that's just added on games or they just an add-on to pre-season for you? They're, they're games. Um, yeah. They're competitive games. You try and win a game. 
Simple yeah. as that. You put your best team out. You try and win a game. If you're not trying to win the game, frankly, just kick it in touch and go, I'm not entering that competition. Yeah. Um, I, I hate this idea of um, weakened sides, rotation, all of that bollocks. No, you play your best side and you try and win. And if you don't try and win the game, then you shouldn't be in football. You can piss off, frankly. Um, they're not pre-season games. They're competitions. Um, and, and it may be the Mickey Mouse trophy, but if you win that and you win that, you win that, you've got a day out at Wembley at, at, at the end of it. And no one's going to complain about that at the end of the day. Um, Carabao Cup, we haven't won a cup competition in about 400 years. Uh, a, a cup match in a four, about 400 years, you go out and try and win it. And it, it sets a marker. You put out your full strength side, you win that game, you beat then Tottenham under 21s, you go to Wigan, suddenly you've got a bit of belief in you. You've got a settled side starting to come together. You've got a bit of belief. Wigan have been fanning around. They haven't got any players. They've been putting out reserve sides or whatever like that. You're on a roll. That's, that's what you want to do. Hit the ground running. No, no, it was sort of like these are proper games. Well, um, let's get into all predictions for the season. You know, is playoffs, that is basic guarantee that's what we've got to do this season. You know, Tom, you know, what's your, what's your prediction? Do, do you think that is where we're going to be or are you fearing well, the worst? We need to be top six, definitely. I can't see it. But I think in terms of predicting, this is one of the harder seasons we'll ever have to predict for two or three reasons. I mean, one, there's a Lambert issue. How long will he be here for? If we start off well, he could have an extended run here. If we don't start off well, he could could be gone by, like David said, Halloween. But then who do we bring in? Will that make a change? Will that influence anything? So, it's, And then secondly, there's coronavirus. Because I know David doesn't... We don't want to go into this issue too much because of David here. But um, <laughs> um, if, it, could, it, it could impact the season again. We don't know. It could be a second mm-hmm. wave. We don't know how how much it's going to have an impact on this season like it did last season. I know we know more about it this year than what we did last year. And we didn't, we, we had no idea this was going to happen back in March, you know, a year ago, did we say? But I think if, if that peaks up again, then what happens to the season then? Do we break it off and then continue on at a later date? It's it's all very unknown, which, and um, what was I going to say? I'll come back to you. Come back to me. I, can't, I had a point, but I can't remember what I was going to say. Right. <laughs> Harvey, you know, What's your prediction for this season? You know, as I said, playoffs is what we need to get, but what are you thinking? Yeah, I've gone for an optimistic sixth. Um, I'm not convinced we'll make playoffs again, I have to be honest. Um, We've got the squad for it, for me, in League One to make the playoffs. Uh, But again, Thomas made a point, there's just so many, so many unknowns. It's so, so difficult to predict. I, I am going to go for, for sixth place, but I'm not totally convinced, um, especially with Downs leaving, whatever that may be. I think that'll leave a huge gap in midfield that with a new salary cap, we're not going to be able to replace him properly. Um, I'd love us to finish in the playoffs. I'd love us to win the league, but it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go for sixth place and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Cool. Tom, go ahead. I just remember my point. I'd say last night there was um, a pre-season friendly at Berrytown and also a couple of FA Cup games postponed last night because of COVID cases. So we could also yeah. get games that are called off like a couple of days before because of people. Players, playing, yeah. Play, yeah, players yeah. proven positive. So it's all it's all very unknown at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Liam, so what's your, what's your feelings going into uh, it? 
Forget automatic. Um, that's not going to happen. Uh, playoffs is the absolute minimum. Um, but I, I have absolutely no clue what's going to happen this season. Uh, if if I was to predict it in normal times, I would say we'd be on the verges, but I think we would miss out. Um, but I'm I I can't have I don't really have much of a, an idea about how this season is going to go but just a point on like the EFL trophy um that yes there is an opportunity to get to Wembley and it is a good opportunity to get to Wembley and I'd love to go to Wembley for a day out but I think this season is probably a season where I wouldn't be as bothered about town maybe bombing out in the, the the group phase because there is absolutely no guarantee that we'd be even able to go to Wembley if we made the final in the first place. So it, it, it kind of, it's very difficult to kind of get excited about something that it is a chance of Wembley, but we may not even be able to go and see it. Um, so for me, the I mean, I agree with David, the Cups are the Cups and they should be treated as competitive games. I believe that Saturday, I think, will be a more represented team of what Lambert's going to likely play the following week, uh, whereas I would expect the the EFL game in the midweek um, to be more of the, the kids again, like last season. Um, so, And I think he'll continue doing that. Because um, I think I did hear something that if Town do get a little bit of a run going in cup competitions, it might lead to a very nightmare September in terms of the amount of games they're going to have to play, which, uh, frankly, if I was to choose, is something that this season Town don't need. Um, because it's all about, for me, it's all about promotion and getting out of this league. Cool. Well, David, you want to round it off? Finish this off with yours. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to put a couple of caveats on. Um, just to take Liam's point. Yeah, we, the no guarantees you could have the day out at Wembley, but if other people aren't taking it seriously because of games, we've got a huge squad. Um, that gives us a better chance. Prediction-wise, um, for me, anything other than top two is failure. Um, we are... A big side, we've got a good squad, we've got a well-paid squad, we've got an experienced squad. Um, anything other than top two is complete failure. Having said that, if Lambert is still here come May, then I think that we're going to be finishing eighth or ninth. If we manage to um, circumnavigate um, the nay normal Dortmund legend, then I think That's that we'll... I think we'll make the playoffs. Um, I, I, think, I think playoffs, playoffs is, is a decent, decent chance, chance. But, but not with Lambert and Judge. But anything other than top two, I'm disappointed. Well, I think the crucial period with the league, with the league fixtures, will be pre-Christmas and post-Christmas with those runs in November, December, and January, February, when we've got that re those real kind of tough games back to back uh, I think the start is fairly 
uh, decent. And if if we can get a good start, then there's no reason why we couldn't have the start like we did last season. Uh, and I think the the end of the season is fairly kind as well, like it was this season. I think the proof of where we how we're going to do this season will be in those periods, uh, November, December, January, February, when we have to play all the big boys. And I think that is when we're going to find out exactly where town are going to be this season. Cool. Well, lads, it's been a pleasure. It was the big, big game day preview. A lot of things were spoken about. Um, anything else you want to add before we, we leave? Um, only the pronunciation of my surname. Flisher. <laughs> it's Flisher. Oh God! Uh, I, I, I did mean to tweet. I did mean to tweet um, um, Kings of Anglia earlier because they got it wrong on there as well. <laughs> That's where I've got it from. That's where I've just copied them basically. <laughs> but I, at least I know now. But uh, yeah, anything else anybody want to add before we say goodbye and we're back next time? No. Well, that was an awkward outro. But yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to watching watching a real game on Saturday, even if it is going to be on on the. Um, I follow. Um, yeah, agreed. You know, it, it's it's pretend football until I can actually go, but it will be good to watch some proper football because I don't give a flying monkeys about the Champions League or anything like that unless it's got Ipswich in it. It's not football. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be fun with thirty percent capacity as well when they do get to that stage. That Lambert will probably be able to hear the majority of uh, the uh, calls at him that he may not be quite able to hear when it's uh, a bigger crowd although <laughs> most of us are all saying the same thing all right and guys well david thomas liam harvey it's been a pleasure uh, we'll be back next time for game day extra time to uh chat more town but uh goodbye basically <laughs> Very well. From true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Thank you.